after COVID, just after COVID, early in the year, end of last year, the tourist numbers started to pick up quite nicely. And then in February, the war in Ukraine broke out. And guess where the, mo the most of our tourists come from? The two top countries is Ukraine and Russia. And also, you know, one of the other main export um, of, 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 the, of, of the island is tea. And again, who buys, who buys the most tea from Sri Lanka? <laughs> Ukraine and Russia. Arno Matia, brewmaster at Lion Brewery in Sri Lanka, is our guest today. Sri Lanka is in the midst of a serious economic crisis and the country is basically bankrupt to a point where there is no forex available to purchase any raw materials. Fortunately, Lion Brewery does have some dollar income through exports, but they desperately need to expand their export portfolio. So Arno asked the questions if I have any connections in Africa that he could approach to assist in the distribution of their beers. At the moment, they're focusing on Zambia, Uganda, DRC, Rwanda, Kenya, and maybe even Botswana, Namibia, and South Africa. My name is Holger Meyer, and this is Beer World. Arno Matia, welcome to the show. Thank you. And Arno, you are in Sri Lanka. Tell us exactly where you are. I am sitting in a part of, the, of, of Colombo called Rajagiriya. Um, it's about 22.07 in the evening at the moment, yeah, and we, we, we moved here about seven months ago, me and my wife. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, we, I'm, I'm the call it chief brewer, brewmaster, liquid specialist. My, my official title is brewmaster stroke liquid specialist. Uh, the idea was initially when I got here that they are building a new pilot plant, 20 hectoliter small brewery. Uh, to do trials and new product development, etc., etc., and because I've got quite a um, new product development background, that's that's why I got into this position. But with the current situation, that whole project has been put on hold for now. So I'm kind of waiting and seeing what's going to happen. Yeah. With with uh, with what's happening in Sri Lanka at the moment. What is happening? And. Um, well, basically, what's happening is that the country is bankrupt uh, because, because, because of poor leadership from the government, the local government, where they've got a, um, a, a, a it's basically a family-run business, the government here. Okay. Call, it, call, it the, call it the Guptas of, of Sri Lanka. Uh, they call the Rajapaksas. Now, the president's name is Gota Rajapaksa. The, he used to be the prime minister and I became the president. And the previous president, his older brother, was the prime minister until about two or three weeks ago when the, when the locals booted him out. The finance minister used to be the other brother. And then there's a couple of sons and nephews and, and, and cousins also in the, in, the, in the mix. And I don't have proof, but it's all over the news and, and everybody's talking about it, how they looted the country. They just stole billions and billions of dollars out of the country and to such an extent that the country cannot pay back debts. Uh, we defaulted, I think it was last week, on our, on our debt payments for the first time in 74 years since independence. So there's quite a, there's quite a large um, group of people that's protesting against it at the moment. There's, there's been protests happening all over the country the last 50, 60 days now. And then this year, this this month, May, the 9th of May, the whole thing came to a point. And, and rumor has it that 
people in the government um, got a couple of they they got tired of all these protesters in the street and and and, and swinging banners and and shouting slogans. This, the the slogan they're shouting the whole time is "Gota go home." Now Gota is a is a is a president, and he, they want him to go home. Uh, he is a, a U.S. citizen as well, by the way. He's got dual citizenship, um, and and they got the the rumor is they've got a bunch of convicts out of out of jail, about I don't know maybe three hundred of them, and paid them money and booze to go and basically break down the structures. Uh, that these people had built next to the road where they were um, called toy toying. Mm. Very, very uh, peaceful, peaceful demonstrations. Though. And they went and they started to um, physically attack these people. But then the, then the protesters turned around and these guys were actually, they were, <laughs> they were pushed back and they, they got the worst of it. Mm. Uh, there's a couple of people that died out of, out of, out of the, um, the, the, the whole um, protest that's happened. Mm. But the, the strange thing is, or the, call it strange or nice or weird thing is, unlike what we know in Africa, the protesters never burned any, any businesses or any other cars, uh, social uh, or, or civil cars. They specifically targeted government um, buildings and cars and buses. Uh, they, they, they brought buses, busloads in full of these so-called convicts to come and disrupt uh, these people. And all those buses were, were actually tossed into a lake. They call it the Baira Lake that's here in Colombo. Hmm. Uh, burned, the, burned the buses, burned the cars. Um, there's some beautiful cars that got burned, Land Rovers and Defenders and, and, and so on, um, that got, just got trashed. I've got a couple of photographs of it. I'm sure there must be about at least 30 cars and buses that's got got torched. Um, this, had, this went on for about three days, all these, all these fighting, basically fighting that happened. Um, at the moment, what, what's happening is it's quite quiet at the moment. The protesters are still there, but they, we've got a new prime minister now. Out of all of this, the, the, the ex-prime minister resigned. And we've got a new prime minister. And one of the first things that he said is that the, the military and the police are not allowed to touch or put a, lay a finger on these protesters because they are peaceful. They don't do anything. They just stand there with their placards, and 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 they don't. They, they're not. They're not physical at all. So there's no point in in uh, attacking them or removing them. But the but but the the long and the short of it is that there's no forex in the country, so we can't buy fuel, and and. Forty uh, percent of of our, our electricity comes from burning diesel in this country. Sixty percent is from hydroelectricity, but that's mainly in the rainy season. That's only starting now mm. uh, for the next six months. Uh, so out of rainy season, almost eighty or ninety percent of the of the electricity must come from diesel and 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 solid fuel or coal that we have to import, and all of this costs money. Now we've got rolling blackouts. At one stage, the, the blackouts were like 16 hours, there was no, there's no power. Uh, we, had, we had no power for 16 hours. And at the brewery, we have generators then to, to, to supply the electricity that's run by diesel as well. So for us to get diesel was, is also quite a, quite a mission. Fortunately, our guys have got contacts all over and they pull strings and, and mm. we haven't stopped because of, because of no diesel yet. Um, it kind of seemed to be stabilized, stabilizing at the moment. They also started at our oil refinery. We have an oil refinery as well, but you know we buy in crude oil and then we 
um, make fuel out of it. So that is starting up now. So this week, the first uh, petrol and diesel will come from, from the oil refinery. And hopefully things will stabilize them from a fuel point of view. Hmm. Uh, but there's also, you know, there's, sorry, there's lots of talks about food shortages coming in the next hmm. three months wow. because of this whole forex issue. Yeah, if you, if you, if you just Google Sri Lanka yeah. economic crisis, I mean, you're going to find loads and loads and loads yeah. of news articles about it uh, and different, different opinions and views about the whole thing. So did you not so, Google before you moved there? I did, but then it wasn't a crisis. <laughs> Six months ago, this country was stable. The 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 uh, the Sri Lankan rupee was quite stable uh, against the US dollar, and I checked it. It was it, it was stable for many years, around about say two hundred rupees per 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 um, US dollar, and suddenly about two months ago, it shot up to three hundred, and at the moment it, it's sitting at three hundred and sixty. So mm. it's almost half in value. Mm. Um, in terms, in terms, or against the dollar, sure. our our official our official uh, inflation rate at the moment, I think, is sitting at about thirty three percent, if I remember correctly, for the last year, mainly because of of, of the the weakening of the of the, of the, the rupee. Yeah, that that is a situation, and I mean, you sent me a, a message on LinkedIn this weekend saying that you were desperately looking for. For export orders, so that you could get some foreign exchange, I guess. Yes, yeah, that that that's how this whole thing linked up with the with, <laughs> with, with the brewery. We, we we need to export our beer. Um, at the moment, we export about ten percent of our beer into Africa, into China, Japan, Australia, and Europe. In total, it's about ten percent. But Africa, we see as quite a major potential uh, mm. customer for us. At the moment, we export uh, a couple of containers a month to places like mainly Uganda and Rwanda, but we mm. want to ex expand that to um, Zambia, the DRC, uh, Kenya, Ethiopia, um, the whole middle of, of uh, middle belt of Africa, central central bit, south central basically, and then also coming down south, Zambia, Botswana. Maybe not Namibia at this stage, but definitely South Africa is on the radar as well. Uh, we'd mm. like to get into SA as well. Okay. And, I mean, you sent me a, a list of countries that you've worked in, and you've worked in most of these countries. Um, but I guess you weren't the salesperson, you were the brewer. Yeah, no, I was in my, in my time at, 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 in SAV, at, uh, based, in, based in Johannesburg, um, I've worked in basically all the English-speaking African countries mm. where we had breweries, not the French-speaking countries. Um, there was another company that we partnered with, uh, Castel. Mm. They, they were running the business on that side for us, um, or together with us. So, yes, the countries I, I worked most in was basically Ghana. Uh, Ghana and Nigeria two countries I worked a lot in. And then also Uganda, Mozambique, uh, Tanzania, Eritrea I went to as well, um, Ethiopia, all the, all the southern African countries, Zimbabwe, uh, Mozambique, mm -hmm. Lesotho, Swaziland, Botswana, etc., Tanzania. Did I miss anyone? South Sudan. Yeah, I think that's and uh, yeah, South Sudan. I've been to South Sudan as well, and also Uganda. Mm. Uh, but Uganda, it wasn't for beer; it was for spirits. So okay. We went there on a, on, a, on a mission for spirits. So I left SAB twice, and I got hired three times uh, as well. So um, I, I left SAB 
uh, from Butterworth. I actually got retrenched. Uh, there was no job for me. I got retrenched out of SAB in, from, from Butterworth when it closed down. And I think six weeks later, I got, got a phone call and I, and I went back into SAB. And then many years later, I bought two bottle stores mm-hmm. down in Caledon, two, okay. two, two liquor stores. And um, I left the brewery, and but I must say when when I when I bought the two bottle stores, there were three bottle stores in Caledon down in the Western Cape, and within six months there were seven bottle stores. <laughs> and I think the previous owner knew this, and he didn't tell me. So the two bottle stores were almost, you know, they were they, they were doomed from the from the, from word go, and and also also that business in the in the in the liquor store. The retail business bored me to death. You know, it's mm. the same thing over and you, and you deal with, with drunk people coming in wanting to steal your beer or your, <laughs> your product off the shelf. It was a nightmare. So when I got the phone call from uh, SAB to come to, to come and join again, then um, I jumped to it. And uh, yes, then I, then I left the bottle stores and I, and I actually didn't even sell it. We just closed it down. Yeah. That's there was nobody, nobody was going to, nobody was going to buy it. I'm I'm flattered that you asked me for help, but uh, surely you have a very strong like SAB Old Boys Club, or <laughs> that mm. that you can call on. Yeah, I do. I do. We have a we have a bit of an Old Boys Club that uh, that we do call each other and so on. But unfortunately, me being in the technical side, I don't have a lot of operational guys uh, mm. that I know, and, okay. and the ones that I do know. Have left SAB. They're not there anymore. They're not in Africa. They they're all over the world. Different different um, companies um, retired and uh, and so forth. So it's it's quite difficult to to get hold of these guys. Yeah. And then the one or two guys that I did get hold of basically told me that SAB did their own distribution. So they're not going to put put beer of a different brewer on their yeah. trucks and so on. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if if if, if AB InBev has got the same philosophy now. Uh, because all our guys, all our expats are, uh, were, were pulled out of Africa when yeah. the ABM guys took over. There's no more expats in Africa. Yeah. Okay. Um, so explain maybe what beers you make and uh, where you see the opportunities. Yeah, we, we make, we make it, uh, basically we make lagers, uh, like most uh, big commercial breweries. We've, we've got a, a beer called Lion Lager, so we can't, we can't go and punt our beer in, into southern Africa, so that we'd have to change the name, but that, that's a minor thing. So Lion is, the, is the, the biggest, well, basically the only brand that we've got from, from a beer point of view. So we've got Lion Lager, Lion Strong Beer, which is a, a lager at 8.8% alcohol. And then we've got a lion extra strong at 12% uh, ABV, but that that we don't um, sell within Sri Lanka because it's not allowed. According to the Sri Lankan law, we're not allowed to sell anything above 9% uh, mm. when it comes to beer. So the extra strong uh, is the beer that we send mainly to Africa. Really? Um, and mm. yeah, so it, it goes to Africa. The 12% beer goes to Africa. Um, I've been, I've been. Well, we also have a stout uh, at eight percent. Quite a, quite a, very, very nice stout, I must say. The late Michael Jackson, um, mm. the brewer Michael Jackson, once tasted this beer and he rated it as the top stout that he has ever drank. Um, he wasn't even paid to, to say that. He was just on, a, on on some other mission and he and and he um, happened to taste one of the beers and he made that comment, yeah. saying that the stout is one of the best stouts he had in his life. So. Well, and I must admit, you know, when, 
sorry, when you drink it, you don't, it, it doesn't taste like 8%. Um, right. But I mean, after the, sec, after the second one, you know it is 8%. <laughs> mm. After the second one, you're actually on the fourth one. Yeah, true. <laughs> I can't add on the third one. <laughs> so the, so the, company, yeah. the company is called, uh, it is called Lion, hey? Yeah, Lion, Lion Brewery Salon, which is also a strange thing to me. I mean, you know, the, the, the country's previous name was Salon, but yeah. they all over, after, after 75 years, they still use Salon all over. Couldn't be bothered. They haven't changed change anything. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't be bothered to change it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so we need to find people that are interested in uh, importing Lion Beer, but they can't call it Lion Beer. Because it yeah, when we, with, we, with the big yeah. mighty ABN beef. Yeah, we call it we call it something else. I'm not. Yeah, we call it Sina Sina Lager. Okay. And Sina Sina basically means lion in the local language. Um, so. Okay. That's that's what it's called. And we already we already exporting the Sina Lager or the Sina brand to Canada actually. Okay, so I, I suggest we we change the brand to number seventeen. And exported to South <laughs> Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I think we, we we might get some some problems with that. <laughs> it's, it's like I try to, um, I mean, the slang word for for black label is obviously, black label is obviously Zamalek, <laughs> and, I, and I contacted yeah. my trade uh, trademark attorneys, and I said, please, can we <laughs> can they try and yeah, I said no. get it? No, no. It's owned by some <laughs> company called ABN Bev. Um, yeah. So they're a little bit sharper than we think, or that we give them yeah, credit I know for. That. Yeah. So what 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 is what do you think the future is? If you can't, uh, I mean, this is obviously not a short term solution, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, one of, one of the the other, the other problem that we've got is. The, the, the company's been growing over the last couple of years to such an extent that we are very close to our full capacity at the moment. Oh, really? So, yeah, so we've got a brewery that can do about 2 million hectoliters per year. So it's not a, it's not a small brewery. Um, and, and already we are selling 1.7 million in-country and then another 10%, almost 200,000 to mm. uh, export. So it's estimated that by next year, I think about June, we're going to run out of capacity. So we are busy expanding, but all of those expansions are kind of put on hold because of this shortage of forex, yeah. uh, which is another another um, problem that we've got. Um, hence the well, that's that's a, the next step now is to outcontract our our export beer, go and make it somewhere else. Mm. But I mean that that eats into your margin because yeah. now you've got to pay margins at two different places: the, yeah. the contract brewer and your own, and and it, it, it gets a little bit tricky. Yeah. Okay. And who owns who owns the brewery? It's a company called uh, um, Carson Carson Cumberbatch. Um, mm. They are mainly into palm palm oil. They have something like about hundred and fifty thousand hectares of palm fields. On the on the island, uh, and they do palm oil. They're also into uh, real estate, um, leisure, hotels, and management services, and then of course beverages, mm. which is only the brewery. So palm oil, there must be a big demand for palm oil because there's no sunflower oil coming from the Ukraine. 
So. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I, I'm not. Yeah, I, I can imagine it will be, yeah, but I'm not in touch with that side of the business. <laughs> so I think you should ask them for forex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And tell us a little bit about the brewery. I mean, you said it's a it's a Cronus brewery. Yeah. Yes, it's Cronus. We've got we've got two brew houses. The one at 240 hectoliter um, batch size. Um, it's got. Zero cooker, Mestan, Latatan, Kettle, and Whirlpool. And then, about, I think in 2016 it was, or 2015, there about, they, they put a second brew house in, a uh, 340 hectoliter brew house. Uh, it's got two Mestans and, uh, and a mesh filter, um, which pumps out between 11 and 12 brews per day, which is fast. Uh, so, mm-hmm. every, every, every two hours, a, a new brew comes out. <laughs> which is quite fast. Um, on the on the on the other other brewer, brewery uh, or brewers, we do about nine brews a day. Um, the latter time brewers. Mm. We've got we've, we've got um, all our tanks are either four uh, brew tanks or six brew tanks, depending from uh, which brewers you 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 cool. Mm. Um, it's we don't have unit tank. We've got a, a racking system where we transfer the beer to storage through a centrifuge filter it and then we've got two pack lines a canning line that runs at about thirty-five thousand cans an hour and a bottle line that runs at about fifty-five thousand uh, bottles an hour 625 more bottles mm. um, the canning line is up to full capacity just about that, that, that line runs six days a week 24 hours a day mm. and then one day for main for maintenance it's it's quite amazing to see that 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 canning line run the bottling line runs a little bit less, uh, but it's also quite full. Yeah. And have you, can you tell us a little bit about the consumer or the market in Sri Lanka? Or is that still? Okay. Um, yeah, it's, I can tell a little bit what I, what I know is that the market, the market is, um, I would say, I don't want to, no, I'm not going to say it. The market Drinks 8.8 percent beer. Uh, the main market. 80 percent of our product is, is strong beer that we sell. 8.8 uh, percent oh. alcohol. I ca- personally, I cannot drink the beer. To me, it's just too strong. Uh, yeah. It's like I don't know. I, I'm just I'm, I'm a mild beer drinker, and, and I like my mild beers. But this beer is very strong. 8.8 percent, and it's not it's not matured like Belgian beers that stays in barrels mm. for longer. You get a more more mellow taste. This beer is quite sharp, um, but the locals love it. They they can't get enough of it, and they they buy they buy the beer based on the price of the alcohol. They compare it to the local arak, which is made from I think it's made from coconuts or sugar or something, mm. and and they compare the price of a can of beer, 500 ml can of beer, versus versus a bottle of arak, um, and and they they actually sit and calculate, you know, where. Per, uh, per mole of alcohol, what is the cheapest option? Mm. Um, and sometimes the government would push up the, the tax for beer and then immediately, within months, the whole beer sales come down and the arak goes up and then they would change it back again. It will change change around again. So it's, it's, quite, a, it's quite a strange market. Um, then on the other side, we also have a huge, or used to have quite a huge tourist market. Mm. Uh, of course, the, the, this island's got the most magnificent um, coastal coastal area, beautiful beaches and, and hotels and resorts. 
and and before the before COVID the pandemic, they they were these these resorts were packed, and and a lot of people came here. And <laughs> funny enough, now I think about it, after COVID, just after COVID, in the, uh, early in the year, end of last year, the tourist numbers started to pick up quite nicely. And then in February, the war in Ukraine broke out. Mm. And guess where the, mo- the most of our tourists come from? The two top countries is Ukraine and Russia. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, all, it's almost as, a, as if, you know, somebody's got an in for us here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and also, you know, one of the other main export um, of, 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 the, of, of the island is tea. Of and course. again, who buys, who buys the most tea from Sri Lanka? <laughs> Ukraine and Russia. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> anyway, yeah. Unbelievable. So it's, it's tough. Yeah. The politicians have got a, they've got a big job uh, lying at uh, solving yeah. the crisis, yeah. Yeah. And in terms of your uh, your position and your situation, um, what is it like working there? And how far do you live in a compound, or what? What is what does it look like? No, I, I well, basically they call it apartments here, but it's basically a block of flats. Okay. Um, uh, we we've we've got uh, in the building I'm staying. There's about twenty three floors, mm. and there's there's eight units per floor. Um, so you can calculate how many how mm. many units there are, but inside the apartment building there's a little shop that just you know just the necessities um, mm. milk sugar bread uh, flour a uh, couple of medicines toothpaste soaps and things like that uh, but the rest is pretty much standard we 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 go out to the local mall. Um, once a week or maybe more than once a week, my wife actually, and go and buy groceries. But buying groceries is not like in South Africa where you go into checkers and you buy everything. Yeah, you got to, the, the shops are a lot smaller. Mm. Um, you got to go, you go into a, a, a shop and you got to see what, what does the vegetables look like today? Do they have potatoes? Do they have mm. onions? Do they have, do they have tomatoes? That kind of thing. Because I was uh, going to say yeah. that you should get checkers to come there, but Spa South Africa is there. Yeah, I was going to say spa, spa is here. There's a couple of spas here, which is nice. It's a lot better than the local stores. I think I think maybe what the spas did is they upped the, the level or the quality of the other mm. stores as well uh, okay. because they are really, they're really um, uh, uh, doing an excellent job in terms of the retail space in, in Sri Lanka at the moment. But unfortunately for us, the spa that, that is closest to us is literally about six kilometers away, mm. which is a little bit too far. And, and so we go to the other stores, um, mm. stores called Kiehl's and Cargill's and, and I can't remember the other one, Glowmark is the other one that we go to. Not that that will mean anything to you. Mm-mm. But have you, have you met up with the South Africans from spa? Yes, I, yeah, we, had, we met them. Um, Coincidentally, one of the one of them, a guy called Joe Prinsler, he stayed in exactly the same building as we did. He stayed on the fifteenth floor, and um, so that's how we met. We we moved in here uh, on a I think it was a Friday. I can't remember. And we're still busy packing our clothes out, and suddenly there was a doorbell going, and, and I went to the front door, and there's there's Afrikaans' voice, and I said, "Good grief, <laughs> how's that?" <laughs> so. 
So yeah, but but he left. He went to to Switzerland. He got a job in Switzerland now about in March. So he went to Switzerland. Okay. It was replaced by a guy called John. I can't remember John's surname now. Uh, but John and Stephen are still here um, from from Spa, from South Africa. Yeah, interesting. I hope they. Yeah, I wonder how they're doing with with all the, these problems that you are facing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They they also they also have issues. Yeah, um, I don't know. You've had a. It looks like a wonderful career, and the more SAB people I interview. The more FOMO, I guess. I think we we really missed out. You guys had a really, really wonderful time. It looks like with SAB traveling through Africa and working in Africa and seeing new countries. And um, what is there anything you you can share with us that might be interesting? Yeah, the the one thing before we go to that is that um, when when I started working here in in Lyon, uh, yeah. there's a couple of things. You know, I'm I'm used to the way that SAB mm. ran things and the analysis that we do and the information that was at our fingertips. And and um, this Lion Brewery is, is co-owned by Carlsberg. Carlsberg got about 25% okay. share in it, so a lot of the Carlsberg standards are in place. But but according to me, you now there's a lot of things that that they don't measure that we at SAB measured religiously, and I just realised that we were so lucky and so privileged to have, have uh, grown up in SAB in the 80s and 90s mm. and 2000, um, with with all the knowledge of the other people that was around. Because SAB was like a university; people got doctor's degrees, and, and some of them even became professors at universities. So it was more than just a brewery. SAB was a academic institution mm. and a lot of a lot of a lot of um, universities actually um, knocked on our doors um, uh, Barry Axel Professor Barry Axel was uh, connected to to um, Rand Afrikaans University and I think Betty Ladolo now she's also Professor Betty Ladolo she's now at the University of the Orange Free State people like Frida Derman Dr. Frida Derman Dr. Wimlin Munsami they all got their PhDs at the brewery uh, mm. working and doing research there so it was, it was, you know, I only realized that once I started working here, I said, how lucky we, we were. And then when we moved into Africa, you know, all that knowledge that, that spilled over into Africa, we, we, I think we, we, we taught the guys in Africa a lot of things, and, and we, 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 a lot of that rubbed off. Uh, one, of, one of the countries that I think uh, was, was uh, run exceptionally well is a, is a, a brewery in Uganda. Um, Gavin van Wyk was there. And, and, and the leadership that he put in that place turned that brewery around. I don't know what it was like before, but that was one of the star breweries in Africa. Uh, and then there's a couple of others, Mwanza as well. Uh, we, we also fell under, under uh, Gavin at one stage. So in Africa, we, we had wonderful times. The worst place for me in Africa that I went to was South Sudan by far. Uh, South Sudan was a was really a, a mission, you know, it, it was, it was, and we were there, I think it was literally like days before the war started, mm. uh, we, f we flew in there, and, and um, I, think, I think one of the guys said that the whole country had got something like two or three kilometers of, of tar road, yeah. the rest is just potholes and, and not even roads. But the guys that worked there were superb guys. Um, Keith Hayes was the technical director at, at the stage there. He was a, 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 a guy from the UK. 
Um, Fred Strydom also worked there, and Louis Peters, mm. which I also met, met up with there. And the people, the, the South Sudanese were wonderful people. They, they were so receptive of new technologies and, and, and help, and they learned so much from us, which was actually quite nice to see. Um, the other country, Ghana, uh, Kevin Osborne, he was the, 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 the guy there. Also, Vincent um, Oliver was, was there as well. The guys did exceptionally well in those countries, teaching, teaching the uh, SAB way, the manufacturing way to everybody, uh, lean manufacturing. Mm. It, was, it was quite a journey, um, taking all of those learnings into Africa. Yeah, fantastic. I did an interview with Louis Peters a couple of years ago, and I mean, he had a fascinating journey besides what he did yeah. at SAB. Um, he was the commercial director at um, South Sudan at Juba, and but he, yeah, he's got some lovely adventures that he went on. Yeah, I know he's quite an adventure, though. <laughs> yeah, and so besides the countries that you mentioned, you gave me a list of how many countries have you visited? Do you, sure, do you I haven't count? counted. <laughs> it's 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 more than thirty that, yeah. that I've been to um, in total, um, including the ones in Europe. I spent about two years in India as well um, as, as a brewing consultant, the uh, head of brewing development. Mm. Um, that, that was also also fun. I went There we went with the whole family, the whole uh, wife and kids all went. The kids went to school there. Our oldest daughter finished matric there in, in Bangalore. Uh, but that was a, that was <laughs> the experience and all. <laughs> was it international well. school? Or? Inter- it was a Canadian international school, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, and um, what else do you want to talk about? New product development, okay. Mozambique, yeah. um, cassava. That was also one of the, uh, one of the projects. Um, Jerry van den Houten, I don't know if you might know him. He was a technical director at one stage of SAB. Um, he led, he's a guy that brought me back from India to South Africa when Africa and Asia split up and... I had to work on making cassava beer or beer from cassava. It took us about two years in total to get this thing right. Um, cassava, like you know, it's like a tuber that grows in the ground, almost like a sweet potato. Mm. You you harvest the damn thing, and then within two days it goes rotten. You got to use it within two days <laughs> if you if you if you use the the root. So we used the root. So the the supply chain was quite short from the field. It was, it was processed in the field. Uh, it was cleaned, rasped, and then mashed fine, uh, put into bags, then shipped to the brewery, and the next day we had to mash it in. And it was a messy business, really, really messy business. Um, our first brew with cassava I did was in Nigeria, a little brewery called Pabot, in, this, in the, rivers, the rivers area in Nigeria. And it was it was made okay. That be made from dry cassava flour, not the not the wet cake. Uh, the wet cake was also one of Jerry's ideas uh, through another company um, that that we linked up with. Eventually, we made it work. Um, and and Impala was the beer we made. Um, guy with the name of Malcolm the Twee, he finished it off. Uh, I, I started the whole thing, and he finished it off. Uh, the, the the development of the of the of the Impala cassava beer in Mozambique, and I believe that they are now using cassava starch 
they've seen the light and, 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 and realized that they can't use the wet cake. It's just mm. too complicated. Because the, the cake literally goes rotten. Um, it, it, it gets sour and so you've got to throw it away. Then it's a big loss. So the flour, or the, not the flour, the cassava starch is a much better idea. Mm. And is it you said the process. in Nigeria and in Mozambique? We did the trials in Nigeria. I don't think we ever launched the beer in, in Nigeria. The beer was launched in Mozambique first and then in Ghana and I think also in Uganda. Okay. It was launched. Mm. Okay. And then you also worked in, what, what did, did you work in Tanzania or did you just do your... No, 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 no. I, I, well, I didn't move there. It was just, it was just, you know, based in Johannesburg okay. and traveled to Tanzania, stayed there for a week or two, and then come back and uh, then hop onto the next country, etc., mm. etc. So yeah. Tanzania, just basically just consulting, helping out here and there. Um, Michiel Bosch was there at the time. Mm. Uh, so we just went up there and also uh, talked about new products and went to the markets and just having a general, just general consultancy about beer quality, etc. Okay, because you also did some non-beer alcoholic stuff. Yeah, there. yes. I can't remember exactly when it started. Uh, it was, I think, it was in Tanzania that that the whole thing started. Because when we bought the brewery in Tanzania, we just happened to get a distilling business with it as well. That was, I think it was 50% or there was some percentage owned by Distel as well. So that was one area where SAB and Distel worked together. And and then we looked at a brewery, another brewery, a distillery in, or another distillery, a spirits business in Mozambique um, to, to go and take it over. And we did a lot of development there as well. A company called Best that used to be in the retreat in, in, in Cape Town, mm. uh, we linked up with them. Uh, and they shared some recipes with us, and they went to show us some plants in Angola and in Nigeria. Um, the the spirit business was actually a lot easier than the beer because it's quick money. Um, mm. it, you know, it, it's not it's not a three week or four week process. You get the alcohol in, you mix it, you pack it, you sell it. Uh, it was a it's a it's a much cleaner business than 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 beer uh, in in a sense from a from a from a production point of view. Uh, but in terms of um, complexity in the market and competition, it's a lot more uh, complicated, mm. uh, a lot more uh, risky, if you want to call it like that. Okay. Uh, the guys, especially in Africa, the guys traveled in the trucks with huge amounts of cash because uh, there's not a lot of swipe and pay facilities mm. in Africa. It's all cash. And I'm just, uh, back to Sri Lanka, how many breweries are there, or are you the only one? There are, currently there's three licenses, um, Heineken, us, and another brewery which also belongs to us, and we shut it down. Um, oh. It's just too old, too old, but we still have the license. Uh, recently they awarded two more licenses, uh, brewing licenses, so it's probably take another 18 months or so, well, depending on what's happening in the country now, how long that's going to take for two more breweries to open, uh, two local breweries. It's uh, one of the spirit um, or the distilling groups, they, mm. they they applied for a brewing license and they got it, and then another group, which I can't, I don't know what who they are at this stage, I can't remember now. But basically it's us with about eight, between 80 and 90% of the market and Heineken between 10 and 15% I would guess so, of the market similar to South Africa 
Yeah. And um, the the I mean, if you go, is is the Heineken? What sort of packaging do do you use? Is it similar to here? We, yeah, it's similar to you. We we got a six twenty five milliliter bottle. That's just the the the, the, the bulk size. Mm. Uh, also 30 liter and 10 liter kegs. That's mainly for the resorts and the and the restaurants. And then the biggest seller is a five is a 500 more can. Uh, okay. That's the one that runs the most. And then we also have a 300 or 330 more can as well. And I would say about twice a month we run 300 and or 325 more bottles as well. But that's small volumes. Mm. Um, and mainly on mild beer. We also make Guinness, by the way. Um, Guinness FES uh, okay. that that we make as well um, at eight percent alcohol. I was going to ask. It has to be at that level. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Um, I'm jumping a little bit now, but um, do you want to talk about the the craft story? Yeah. Um, between SAB and 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 this job, I. Uh, got contacted by a guy in Cape Town that wanted to start up. Okay, he wanted to start up a brewery and he was looking for a brewer, so he contacted me. And um, I said, yeah, why not? And it, it, it was at the time when uh, SAB was taken over by AB InBev, and I thought, well, that's a good opportunity and a good time to leave. Mm. So we opened this, this brewery in Cape Town. It's called uh, Noon Gun Brewery. I tell you what, as far as craft breweries are concerned, this brewery is... It's really, really good. It's 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 immaculate. It's there's no there's there's no hoses. It's all hard piped. Uh, 20, 20 hectare brewers, six uh, six seven eight tanks, uh, packaging line that, that can do bottles, and they've installed a canning line now recently as well, and kegs, mm. making making phenomenal beers that that won a couple of awards uh, internationally. Um, really, really. Uh, Good, good beers, and uh, I'm I'm quite proud because my my son started working there while I was there, and he is now still he's still there. Um, so they they they're doing quite well. I I spent the last five years there. Okay. And I think because of my time there, I uh, got this job because they were looking for somebody with craft experience. Uh, okay. So you for for the twenty Okay, for that smaller plant. Um, and, yeah. and uh, that Noongan Brewery, I mean, we didn't see much of that beer in KZN. Where, where do they sell that beer? Only Cape Town and, and Gauteng at this stage. Uh, yeah. mainly, mainly Cape Town. Gauteng, not so much. Okay. Look, um, we, were, we, were, we were going quite well, and then COVID hit us. And COVID hit us mm. quite hard. We, we really struggled through COVID. Um, to such an extent that I, at one stage, I, I, I thought we're not going to make it, um, and and uh, but we pulled through at the end of the day. Um, but like most of the craft breweries, we've got the issues, some mm. some issues there. Uh, but it's it seems like they are now getting out of it slowly. They got a contract to supply checkers recently, so they're supplying checkers countrywide. I'll I'll go and have a look at my local checkers if they if they have stock. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. What do you do for leisure? Well, we sometimes when we have petrol, we we drive down to the coast, the the southern part of, of mm. Sri Lanka, a place called Unawatuna. Most beautiful beaches, um, and there's lots of sea turtles and the, uh, all over. It, it's it's actually an immaculate uh, environment. The only problem. <laughs> With with this ocean down here is um, 
and I never knew it until I got here, is crocodiles. There's some saltwater crocodiles oh. here. And, pe- and people do get caught from time to time. You know, at least in the last six months, I've heard of two people got caught in the, in the, in the ocean by crocodiles. Wow. <laughs> That's um, unbelievable. Yeah. So you've you got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 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 it's normally close to estuaries and, and, and river, river okay. mounts and so on that, that, that they are. They're not, they're not yeah. all over. Um, okay. And do you play cricket? Um, no, in 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 uh, on 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 my standards uh, in cricket or in Sri Lanka, everybody and I mean everybody from the kids to the oldest person here, they are superb. They know they know cricket backwards. You know, you you ask them about a cricket stadium. Um, there's one guy I work with. You know, so they say, oh, Wanderers, it's got it's got this this length <laughs> of outfield and it's got. This building on that side, this building on that side, and Hansi Kronier scored this there, and, and, and so on. But yeah, uh, talking about cricket, Murali, Murliderun, he's our can supplier at the brewery. Um, uh, one of the, they, they call him the greatest cricketer here in Sri Lanka. And, and I think from test cricket point of view, he's still, the, he's still got the best bowling figures, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. I know it's been lovely chatting to you. While you were working at the craft brewery, I was always talking to you and hoping to catch up. And so I'm glad mm. we caught up, and hopefully we can we can find you some export orders, if not via your your yes. network. Maybe somebody picks it up on on our yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds like a wonderful uh, adventure for you, and I wish you and your family all the best. I hope that we can uh, we can get some good news from you soon and. Yeah, we'll we'll keep yeah. in touch. Yeah, please do, and 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 keep an eye on Sri Lanka. Yeah. So we'll do that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our stories here online. In the show notes, you will also find a link where you can subscribe to become part of our community and be notified when we upload our latest content.